Start of the show, time to walk through the smoke When I enter the ring, I jump over the ropes I feel like Mysterio, I ain't no joke Titles, I held them both, call me Chris Jericho Time to cash in my money in the bank Just like Sheamus when he beat Roman Reigns Meet me in the cage, like Undertaker when he met Kane I don't play games, I'm the Triple H The crowd screaming, you rock like my name's Dwayne The crowd screaming, you suck like your Kurt Angle In the ring, I'm the boss just like Sasha Banks So you'll get whipped like the intro from Sable King of my stable, don't matter the label Smack down a roll, you get put through a table Pushed off a ladder or choke with a cable Throw me a chair, I'ma give him a facial It's the start of the show, time to walk through the smoke When I enter the ring, I jump over the ropes What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the wrestling podcast known as Ring Chance. I am one of your hosts, it's your boy, Just Fino. And of course, I'm here with my co-host, the one and only Sasha, the legit king, Sasha. Say what's up to the people. What's up, people? Sasha, how are you doing? I am doing well. How are you? I'm I'm all right. I'm not I'm not a hundred percent. But I am happy, you know, we we at the Jordan number right now. This is episode 23. You know I mean? So I, I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I'm, I'm hype enough to, to get the episode going, you know? And I mean, it, it's been a good, I will say though, tonight though was a little bit better. Gotta say. Uh, I, I actually sat down, watched some NXT. Usually I watch, I record it and watch it later. But I actually got to watch some NXT. It was a pretty decent episode. Got to say, little little surprises too. I did see a clip of one of the surprises. I was not expecting that. For sure, I didn't know who it was. But that's cool. You don't know. They've been they've been teasing like. They've been having these little promos, and I guess uh, the promo showed out to be the return of Ty Dillinger, aka or now known, I should say, as Sean Spears, his real actual name. Uh, he is back in the WWE. So is he going by Sean Spears now, or is he back he's, to being Ty Dillinger? He's going by Sean Spears. They called him that in and uh, during the the show, and then. In two segments during that segment and then later on he said he was going to uh arrive he was going to go on the next week's episode which next week by the way is nxt roadblock big show uh as they are on their way to think of their wrestlemania which is stand and deliver uh which is i believe that's the day before no actually i think that's the day of wrestlemania it's like earlier in the day I believe. Uh, I think it's like SmackDown and Hall of Fame are Friday. Right. Just don't think it's weird, but okay. Um, yeah, and then Stand to Deliver, rest, Night One, WrestleMania, and then Night Two, Sunset Day. So. Right. It's going to be a whole weekend, guys. I'm super excited. And I'm off that whole week, so it works out perfectly. I made sure so I can watch everything. So it, it's going to be good. Like I said, NXT Roadblock is next week. 
Uh, let me just, I guess I could just run down the matches real quick because I do have that in front of me. Uh, you have Baron Corbin and the new SmackDown signed superstar Braun Breaker against Chase U for the NXT titles. Uh, you got Lyra Valkyria, the NXT Women's Champion, and Tatum Paxley teaming up against the Kabuki Warriors for the Undisputed Women's Tag Team Championship. Uh, you got an Asylum match between Dijak and Joe Gacy, which I think that's going to be pretty fun. And then to me, this was the surprise. And this this one, it threw me for a loop because the way they did it was pretty cool. But we're going to actually have Carmelo Hayes versus Tony D'Angelo, the Don of NXT. Uh, and they're going to face it out uh, to see who's going to challenge Ilya Dragunov at NXT Stand Deliver for the oh, NXT man. title. So... But the way he did is like, you know, you know, Tony D'Angelo, like I said, he's the Don. So he 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 could get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Was, they had this cool segment where Mello had security because he doesn't want anyone to protect. He wants to be protected from Ilya Dragunov. And of course, you know, potentially a uh, Trick Williams that we don't that we're not supposed to know that he's, you know, not coming back because Mel thinks he took him out for good and everything. And the Don came out surprisingly during the contract signing, and all he did was snap his fingers, and the security guards just walked away <laughs> from mm. Mello. <laughs> he just showed how much of you know he's a G. He, he's that he's that gangster. So it was pretty cool. Uh, and then they set that up. So the winner of that will face Ilya. More than likely, it's going to be Tony D. We get the return of Trick Williams next week to set up their match, Mello and, and Trick Williams at Stand Deliver, which is going to be amazing. And you can argue, you know, it's the leading candidate for, you know, feud of the year right now. So it, it, it's pretty good. It was good to see. It was good to see NXT. Like I said, it's been a while since I watched it. Um, the full episode live so yeah heard you doing good things like i said i i'm really i know it's only raw going to netflix but i really can't wait because i don't have to wait to watch it so yeah i'm really happy for nxt um heard good things so good luck to them next week on roblox oh and i got to see my girl jada parker and Gigi dolan oh my god they fought each other the dream I had. Oh my I'm god. Say, are you okay? I just had to that that helped lift my my spirit seeing them two together. Oh my oh. sure. Look at your spirits. Got it. Yeah. Let's move on. Uh-huh. <laughs> gotcha. Duly noted. Okay. Well, with that being all tied up and whatnot, I mean, gosh, that that'll be good for you too. But let's move on. Um, we had a big week last week. A very tiring week. You know what? Elimination Chamber, great event. But before we get to all of that, I learned a very, very tough truth about myself last week, courtesy of WWE. I am old as fuck because I could not. I stayed up till three. I watched like two hours of Elimination Chamber. Like I watched the pre-show, the women's Elimination Chamber. The tag team match because there was no way I was staying up till 3 a.m. not seeing Senor. But man, I couldn't keep it together. I fell asleep before the men's elimination chamber. 
So I'm old. I can't do it. I just don't have it in me. It was very difficult. I drank an energy drink and everything, and I couldn't do it. <sighs> I watched. I, so I actually, I had to work, literally, like, the show was still going on, and I'm driving to work, and I'm still watching it. Because uh, it was 5 a.m. my time. So I woke up at 4.30 because I did want to see the the pre-show. Well, at least I just wanted to see the reaction for Indy. Because, you know, that's a big moment for her fighting. Yeah. Her country. Yeah. So I did want to see that. So I woke up at 4.30. And I watched it. Uh, I was half asleep. But I did. As the show was going on, I was waking up especially the women's match the elimination chamber match i thought that was really well done uh you know we'll get into that in a second but it, it was just uh that it, it was fine for me i would say that i even tried to go to sleep early and i actually early for me it's like 10 11 like that's early i was gonna say like you're you're very much of a night owl so it was i, I was actually proud of myself I was really proud. Yeah, I didn't. I then I thought I was grown. I thought I was going to just stay up because I thought if I went to sleep, then there was no way I'd wake back up to watch it. Like I would just sleep all the way through. Mm-hmm. So I was okay. I'm going to I'm going to stay up. I even watched some trash reality TV. I watched like the first nine episodes of Love is Blind. <laughs> like I tried everything and Man, two. I, I remember because I texted you at like it was five eleven my time, which was like seven eleven your time. And I'm like, yo, I gotta just do this tomorrow. I mean, I gotta do this when I wake up because I can't concentrate. So it was getting really t- rough for me. But that, not as you know, withstanding, like it was still a really good paper. You know, PLE. Um, it definitely set up some things going towards wrestlemania um so let's just go ahead and get down to it like you mentioned uh the pre-show it was i think you're the one that told me about it i didn't really know until you texted me about it um the pre-show featured the kabuki warriors asuka and Kyrie Sane versus candace Durant, indy hartwell uh for the wwe women's tag team championship uh, it went a little less than nine minutes, but I thought it was a good match. I mean, obviously, um, I mean, there was really no, like, super build to it. I mean, we know that Indy and Candice are a tag team, and obviously Asuka and Kyrie have history as, you know, they're the tag team champions as well. But like you mentioned, this, I felt like, was really to get Indy on the show because she is from Australia. I thought that was a really just a really nice thing for WWE to do, you know, just to be like, hey, especially since, you know, you have people like Grace Waller, Rhea Ripley, Indy, Bronson Reed, you know, they probably, they don't get to go back to their home country very often. So to give them an opportunity to be on the card, that was really just a nice thing for WWE to do. Obviously, Kabuki, Kabuki Warriors defeated Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. And two things I wanted to bring to note, um, I did see during the broadcast that Bronson Reed did not go to Elimination Chamber because him and his wife did welcome their first child. I know people were kind of like, they thought I thought he was going to be in the Elimination Chamber, but that was the reason why he didn't go. So congratulations to him and his wife. And for all the parents out there, Candice LeRae's 
ring attire was actually <laughs> based off the mom on Bluey, which is a very popular children's show that's based in Australia. So I thought that was a really, really cute uh, nod to Bluey. So I just thought that was really cute. What did you think of this match? Yeah, it was just a good thing. I, I watched the, prom- the the little segment they did leading up to it. Uh, it was just basically Adam Pierce saying, "Hey, you know, you're in the con- This is your country. We're gonna award you a match." And they were so happy. To- I don't know if they knew ahead of time or was that prom. That was like a setup segment. Uh, I'm not sure, but either way, you can still see the excitement f- from them. So. Uh, but other than that, the match was fine. You know, it was an obvious result. Uh, but I like the fact that Indy did get some moments in. She got the crowd behind her. They almost pulled it off, you know. Uh, but of course, Kabuki Warriors are going to win that. So, yeah, I definitely want to see more of Lorraine and Hartwell as a tag team. Like, I would love to just see them get involved some more. Maybe when we talk about in our main topic, we can try something with them in another show but all right so the first match of the night was the women's uh, elimination chamber to determine who was going to meet the winner of the main event between Rhea Ripley and uh, Nia Jax later that evening um for the women's world championship at Wrestlemania we had Becky Lynch she defeated Bianca Belair Liv Morgan Naomi Raquel Rodriguez and Tiffany Stratton so let's start with you. What do you think? How did you like this match? All I gotta say is tippy time. That's it. That was you and everybody else saying tippy time. She was really, really popular. I, I think I. I mean, I've been a Tiffany Stratton fan for a long time. I brought her up in season one. You did multiple times. Said she was gonna be a superstar, and uh, you know. And I believe she won our next big thing award, right? Yeah. So. That, I mean, Boom. that tells you it right is. there. Uh, she had her, her, this was, this show, if if it wasn't Rhea Ripley at the top, this was the Tiffany Stratton show. <laughs> like, it just really, that's basically what it was. She showed out. She had the performance of the night in my eyes. Um, you know, she was, she completely carried that match. I'm like, well, not everyone did their part but i mean she just was she stood lead. out yeah she stood out the most and that's what you should do especially for her very first pay-per-view show on the main roster and it's in elimination chamber like you know it's not like it's just a singles match or a tag team no this is an elimination chamber match um and i think because of that you know she's gotta have a big match at Mania now because of her performance in this. Uh, I loved what Naomi did, you know. Uh, I loved what Liv did. Everyone had their moment in this match. Uh, everyone played their role really well. I, I can't. It, this was a great match. This was uh, this was a, a little bit more than I expected. I expected a great match, but this was more, even more. So. Congrats to them for sure. Yeah, um, I mean the ending. Obviously, I did see some people were kind of like not happy that Becky Lynch won, but then I'm kind of like, 
How did you not think that she was? <laughs> like, I, it amazes me that people were. Some people were surprised that she won. I'm like, that's we've known that I mean, for months. Who did they expect to win? Huh? Who were they? Some thinking? people wanted Liv to win, or some people thought Tiffany should win, and it's just like logically, okay. Becky made sense. Like, I understand why you want because that might be your favorite, and you can make a case for Liv winning, obviously, because she was the last person to. Henrietta Ripley, it's just like the yeah, last no few months it's kind of been pointing to Becky, so I don't... But either way, I mean, not shocking. It was good. Um, I will say, and I gotta remember to bring this up later when we talk about the Men's Royal Rumble because as much as I like... Huh? Elimination Chamber. Yeah, I'm sorry. Elimination Chamber. As much as I liked the women's... Um, Elimination Chamber. I felt like there was like one thing I felt like really that it was done well and done better in the men's uh, match than in the women's Elimination Chamber. So I'll talk about that later. Well, um, I just I would just say this real quick. I, I if anything, the women's match was more like it had a lot more action, mm-hmm. like the big spots and stuff. Where the men's was more. Uh, it was more like a story. Yeah, that's what I was. Well, kind of what I well, pretty much. I felt like the the men's elimination chamber did a better job at once the match is over. You pretty much have like three WrestleMania matches right there. Right, right. Whereas with the women, it was kind of like you have one definitely Becky versus you know Rhea. And then you possibly have another one, and that's the one I'm going to talk about in our main topic. But I felt like, you know, I I I like things like the Elimination Chamber, like the Royal Rumble. I've I've said it before on the show. I like when they use these matches to create very you know different angles, different storylines. And I thought that the men's uh, Elimination Chamber did it. A little bit more than the women so that would be my only critique about that i didn't have any problem with the match i thought it was good um shout out to raquel you know she's been going through a lot of health things mm-hmm. and you could t- i think you could tell i think she wrote about on instagram with her flying and the humidity and the heat in uh, australia you could tell she looked different but she went out there man and she she did a really good job like she to me I know Tiffy time and everything was cool, but I really wanted to recognize her for that because especially being a female in the industry, you know, you're, you're scrutinized at a different level than the men. For her to go out there and do what she did, she had to be uncomfortable, but she powered through it. So, so what, what I understand is like, even like makeup even like affects her too, right? Or something. I think that's what I, I, think, I, I Yeah, I, I think it might yeah makeup and things like that but i really think with that it was the heat and humidity as well like and i think and to me like when i saw it when i saw her come out i instantly felt like okay i think she's not wearing makeup because of the heat and that would be too much like her skin needs to breathe with all that stuff happening with her mm-hmm. so yeah i don't and i guess being in the air so long as well probably didn't help with that those long flights but she did great I mean, she's she did so good yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Yep. All right. So, next up, the match that I watched before falling asleep. 
Uh, the Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Senor Money in the Bank, Damian Priest with Dirty Dominic Mysterio. They defeated the new Catch Republic, which is Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships. I will say, I'm going to need a little while to adjust to the name, New Catch Republic. It, it doesn't roll off the tongue for me. Like, it's, it's, I, I, they tried to explain the meaning, which I'm fine with. It's just like, mm, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I thought this was a really, really good match. I, I really enjoyed it. It was fun. Having Dominic there was fun. Michael Cole, his persistent view with Dominic is always interesting to listen to. Um, it was just really good. No surprise who's who won there with the Judgment Day, but I really, I, I'm really digging the the tag team of Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. Really, really digging it. I like that they work together really well. Like I said, in a perfect world. Pete Dunn would be the one to knock off Gunther for history's sake, but I'm I'm really happy with where Pete Dunn is right now. What say you? Uh I I like what they did. It was it was a good match. It wasn't nothing nothing bad about the match at all. I I thought it was a very fun, entertaining match for what it is. I it had an obvious result, which was okay. You know, there was no I can't sit here and say that um, I was disappointed with the match because I wasn't, you know. The only thing I will say is that going back to the name real quick, the new, what is it? New Cash Republic? Yep. I I don't, I, I'm assuming that has something to do with their indies thing or something. I'm not sure. Only reason I don't like it is because in NXT, there's a North, no quarter catch crew. So I don't know if the catch has anything to do with, you know, British thing or some. Yeah, I, don't know I, if yeah I assume the catch is, you know, British catch wrestling. That's that's when I first okay. heard it. I was like, okay, the catch part makes sense. I, I've so, never heard of catch before. Like I've never heard of like catches so. can wrestling, like the type of yeah catches uh, can. Remember, uh, remember Timothy Thatcher. He was like that's just can't whatever catches thatch whatever style it's just basically like catches catch catch as catch can it's like a grappling style and they it's like okay. prominent in british wrestling okay well that so i understood sense. when i saw it it was just like uh, i just don't they have two teams two different i guess well that's their tag team and then they got a faction in nxc that has the catch thing in it, it it's just i don't know is it's that the one with drew gulak and everybody yeah like yeah regal son okay yeah who by the way just won the the heritage cup tonight so i forgot oh, to okay yeah he beat uh noam dar for it so ah. Uh, well, and what, uh, that's that's what it made me think about that real quick. Uh, but no, as far as the match with you know back to the elimination chamber, uh, no, I thought it was a good match. I think that um, Newcastle Republic had a a great showing. It got people who didn't know them, you know, like like we do, and remember them from the NXT days, or even never seen them on their NXT days. Mm -hmm. It put them on a, a brighter stage, and I think that. Tyler Bate, for example, everyone knows Pete Dunn, at least the butch Pete Dunn, you know. Yeah. But you got to see Tyler Bate in a bigger stage than he's ever been in the WWE. And I think that he had a great showing. 
you know, his offense is very, very entertaining. And it yeah. has like the indie, the indie view to it, but it also has like a WWE style, like the whole, the whole spinning airplane spin that he does, uh, kind of mixed with the, the Cesaro swing. Like, like, I love that whole thing that he does. Tyler Bay is very entertaining. I like the fact that he got a he got time to shine in this match. But then end of the day, you know, the judgment day, they're the most dominant faction uh on Monday Night Raw. And they just continue to prove why. And we won't, you know, we'll we'll see their future. Uh their future is 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 just beginning, in my opinion. Like it's just it's gonna just continue to keep going. So as long as Dirty Dom is alive, you know what I mean. So Lord, that's that's all that matters. So other than that, though, great match. It was, you know, nothing spectacular, but it was it was exactly what you wanted for the tag team. I agree. I still do think that they need to split those tag team titles, but let's see how I, WWE handles. I that. think that does happen. I, I, I really, think they need to. <laughs> it, it yes, they definitely need to. Um, but I don't see that happening um, until after Mania. Yeah, it's something. Because yeah, that's they have so many tag teams, and it's it's just time. Like it's time. All right. So coming up next, what I watched a couple hours later when I woke up, uh, we have the men's elimination chamber match for the world for a chance at. Uh, a World Heavyweight Championship match at WrestleMania versus Seth freaking Rollins. Player Hater of the Year, front runner Drew McIntyre defeated Bobby Lashley, Kevin Koala Bear Owens, LA Knights, Logan Paul, and Randy Orton. Um, if can you address that right? The Kevin Owens? No. Yeah, that was, oh, no. which no. one? The Player Hater? Wait, who's the player hater again? Say that again. That who would be that? Drew McIntyre. Oh, no. oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's not who I was talking about. Did you say the United States champion? Logan Paul? No, I did not. I'm sorry. The greatest. The United... Sorry. I, I, I even messed up. I'm sorry. The greatest United States champion, Logan Paul. Thank you. Please. Look here. I'm not in the... The business of telling stories on this show so united states champion logan paul i will admit that i left that part out so the united states champion logan paul who likes to draw on the elimination chamber pods and randy orton so yes this was again i am surprised <laughs> But Drew, man, he's he's been a. I know people use the word menace a lot, but he has been a true menace, to say the least. Uh, people joke on Twitter like, "Oh, he's he's player hater of the year, this, this, and that." Well, somebody else put their their name in the hat because clear fan favorite LA Knight was eliminated. Only after AJ Styles flew, gotta be 20, 30 hours <laughs> just to just to cost this man the match. That's it. Like he just he got on the plane, beat this man up, cost him his shot, and just got back on the plane and went on. That's 
I that's mean, you talk about player guy. hater. Golly, it's like it's everyone true. that was a player hater. It was it was. It was AJ Styles. Like it was the said. commitment for me. I mean, Drew's. I mean, granted, Drew has made royalties off of hating on CM Punk, which we're we can't really be mad at him for. And he has prayed for people's downfalls and whatnot. But I mean, I mean, and Carmelo, he's in the running too, playing in Trick's face all the months. But whew, AJ made a strong entry for that one because my guy, he just came in there, sheesh. But Anyway, yeah, so like we discussed earlier, I thought the men's uh, Elimination Chamber did a really good job of setting up some future matches for WrestleMania. Obviously, we have Drew versus Seth, AJ versus LA, and then the thing I was kind of surprised, man, I don't know why I didn't even catch this, Logan Paul you know and Randy Orton like I did not see that coming and I'm, yeah, I'm no, totally I don't think cool with it yeah huh? yeah I'm, I'm cool I don't think anyone saw that coming I did not I but I'm okay with it yeah I, I am definitely okay with that as well I mean you had um I think the, the rumor was what LA Knight and Logan Paul for the longest yeah which, I think would have if you think about it Logan Paul and LA Knight to me I feel like would have made more sense though only for this reason Logan Paul is a a major star he's a when I say major star maybe not in the wrestling world but in the overall world real life with all his his followers, all his business opportunities that he has, that's a big thing to put him on, right? So yeah, you, yeah. if you want LA Knight to be your star, you know, to be one of your top stars, it would have made more sense to have LA Knight face that guy. So when they're doing promos, the whole world sees it, right? However. I think that we thought about it the wrong way and maybe WWE thought about it this way. Logan Paul is like, what, 28 years old? Logan Paul is, yes, he is 28 years old. He will be 29 uh, five days before WrestleMania. So, think about that. LA Knight is like already 40-something. Mm-hmm. Why are we building LA Knight to be... Why would we build LA Knight to be a Logan Paul? Well, we can build Logan Paul to be bigger. He's 29. He's going to probably do this thing for... I can see Logan Paul wrestling. Like, literally, part-time. Till he's, like, 40. I can see it. Especially if they're paying I'm going to get more out of Logan Paul. So it makes sense to put him with Randy and build Logan. And at least you can still build LA Knight with AJ Styles. As, you know what I mean? Like that that's that's yeah. a great that that's to me it makes more sense and I so I didn't I never thought about Randy and Logan. But now that I think back at it, I was looking I was I remember I watched that po- the podcast that he did. Randy was on 
the Logan Paul podcast, and he said Randy did say he would love to work with him. So yeah. that that got me that got me thinking, and Randy respects everything about Logan, especially the way that he he came into the business. He respects the business stuff like that. So it makes perfect sense. Great move. I mean, and like you said, I mean, the initial thought of putting LA because I had heard you know LA Knight and Logan Paul. I'm like, okay, that's fine, but another viewpoint to have Logan versus Randy is like. Randy is, and I know it's you know we know Randy, but I don't know how many people realize like a lot of people who are even outside of wrestling fans and know who Randy Orton is. So I don't think it's an accident or a mistake that they were like, let's put him with Randy. That's still going to be a really huge draw too. Like even oh yeah, you know people like oh Logan Paul like they know who Randy Orton is. Yeah, I know we always say like oh people know who The Rock is and. And Triple H and Stone Cold, but like you gotta look at like the John Cena. People know who John Cena is. People know who Batista yeah. is. People know who Randy Orton is. Like people know Randy. Randy's Orton. on that level. He yep. is. So that was really smart for them to do. And again, no disrespect to LA Knight, but it's like I think when I saw it, I was like, oh, that makes so much. That makes sense to me. I understand. I got it. Yeah. Um, and like I said, LA's not coming out bad either because you get to like work aj styles at wrestlemania like that's exactly yeah so like so it's, it's like, a win-win because yeah, the way like, the way i think about it too is randy orton let's say you do la knight and and logan right mm-hmm. well what the hell you do with randy right you can't, you can't do randy and aj again because yeah. we did that right mm-hmm. so it's like okay well you put randy and who Owen, no, you can't put him in Owens. Their faces, like it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. There's no reason. So the only logical sense was Randy and and Logan. So I like it. And then then unless you did like Randy and you input Randy in the Cody Rhodes storyline, but if you notice though, Cody and Randy have been separate. Now I know obviously Randy's been away injured so that that kind of uh, helped that too but but he's been it, back for a little while now yeah he's been back it's not like they've had any it's not like randy's has said anything about helping cody against the bloodline or anything like that like they've been they, they they've been keeping them separate for a reason which i like which i love yes so in that when you think about it like that then you know i I like what they did. Smart decision for sure. So let me ask you this too. Ellen, I mean Logan Paul, Randy Orton, but if you think about it, maybe and maybe they'll tie this up before Mania, but what do you do with Kevin Owens? I think Kevin Owens should be on WrestleMania. Kevin Owens has been he doing really the, good work. He's the odd man out right now. And I don't the only thing you know what but he makes still kinda sense. has some beef with Logan Paul. Like if you watch the chamber match, like he's still yeah Unless they try to wrap but, that up beforehand i mean i did read a i i had read s- the stupid for this stupid prediction i don't agree with it i don't like it um but what i did read was a potential like you put randy logan owens 
AJ and LA Knight all in one match. Uh, it, I read, no, I read it was like a ladder match or something for the United States title or something. I don't like that idea. Uh, that's I wouldn't be opposed if they added KO because, like I said, he still has beef with Logan Paul. Yeah, like I could see maybe they do a triple threat. You got two guys who want to just hurt Logan. And if you don't want Randy to be the one to take the fall, then... Yeah, you put Owens as the one that does it. I can see that. Uh, the only other one that I like, I, I kind of do like this. Um, I mean, you got Grayson Waller and um, Austin, Austin Theory. Theory. They team up with Logan. That's his boys. And KO does have beef with them as well. You could do like... Uh, uh handicap match or something like you could do to get them on the card because i feel like they earned the spot on the card as well in some way some capacity even if you do owens in in the to back up orton or something and you have because you know they're going to be in logan's corner so you have owens in randy's corner like i would be fine with that as well it's not the the greatest thing but i'm fine with it as long as Owens is on the card, I, I think yeah, he's I think he, and yeah, I think Waller and and Theory deserve to be on the card in some capacity as well. So, either way works. Yeah. Alrighty. So overall, what do you think of the match? Real quick, before we get to the, the main event. Oh, um, real quick too. The the honestly, out of the six though, I feel bad the most though for Bobby Lashley because <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, because it just like I said that whole I thought it was gonna be Bronson Reed. In the match, I was like, yeah. and there's no disrespect to Bobby, it just kind of felt like, oh, he had okay. a big moment. I think that Bobby showed out. Uh, I thought he had a definitely that spear through the cage on Logan, uh, through the glass was awesome. Uh, like Bobby had good moments. I just feel bad because I have his plan for Mania is what, I, like, especially after last year. I mean, we know why that happened, but you know, I just it would have been nice to have Bobby in a bigger spot. Um, I don't know what happened with that whole I mean, thing. I had high hopes for that. I thought maybe this whole faction with Karrion Cross would have done something. It just kind of seems like it's just stalling. Like, them and the Street Profits. And again, without the tag team titles, it's kind of like... It's kind of stalling, I guess. Because, like, I don't know. I, I hope... They have something for Bobby Lashley, but I just cannot think at the moment what they could have for him. Um, but he did good, you know. He was in there. He, like you say, he's just kind of the only one that was the odd man out. Like everybody else had something going, something relevant. Because you know, Ko hates Logan Paul. Randy Orton was in there because he's been out for you know a year and a half. La Knight is, you know, still trying to get that really, really big win and. Kevin Owens, you know, and I said Kevin Owens already, but Drew McIntyre is just, just raising hell everywhere. And I was like, Bobby's it's hmm, kind of odd, but all right. Last but certainly not least, the home oh, you, town lady. Okay. Re- huh? No, no, no. I, I thought, okay, you might be saving it for last. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you do it. Yeah, I mean, I thought we'd just go over the matches and we can talk about what gotcha, happened after gotcha. that. Gotcha. All right, so Rhea Ripley, who came in as the Women's World Champion from Adelaide, South Australia, defeated Sydney, Australia, 
Born Nia Jax by Pinfall. Um, Rhea got the reaction that you would expect. I mean, she they were so excited to see Rhea. Um, I enjoyed the match. I thought that was Nia Jax's best match since probably ever. And that's no sight to her. It was really good. She's very focused. She's just she's just on another level. And I think again, people got I think people should be fine. I think people should be running out of reasons to hate on Nia Jax because she's doing what she's supposed to do, you know? Um But again, I don't think this was any any surprise who was winning this Ripley was not losing in Australia she did not lose in Australia it was a fun match um yeah so let's say and I agree with everything you said it, it was nice best match um by far and it, it might be could it was it helped by Rhea Ripley yeah yeah, Rhea Ripley definitely showed out. She sold like a motherfucker for her. I mean, it, it was she, she did an excellent job. Hey, uh, but Nia was taking. I always get kind of like nervous when she takes those bumps where it's kind of like she's you know she's a larger woman and you know to go over the top rope or to anything like that where you're just like letting your body just kind of go like i was worried about that so she she definitely took her share of bumps that were like whoa but yeah i think she did really well yeah um, it was definitely great i, I want to say this if that match that match i feel like just showed how great i know i know she was at home but I think that match, though, still showed how much of a superstar Rhea Ripley really is. Yeah. Because that reaction, that was obvious because she was home. But if you think about it in a more minuscule way, she gets that reaction no matter where she is. That is true. So Rhea Ripley is... If she's not the face of the women's division, she is already cemented her. She's one of them women. I mean, obviously, she's facing the other person that you could say is the face of the division in the man. Uh, and you know, having the man versus mommy, I feel I love that. Like, I, and then I, I know I might just jump ahead. Just I don't know if we're gonna talk about it, but just that promo on Monday just kind of cemented that. So I, I just I love that whole concept, and yes. it, she's a superstar. She's the next like big thing for the WWE for sure. Yep. All right. So I know you thought I skipped over it, but we had a segment before the main event, which was the Grayson Waller effect. It had Grayson Waller, Austin Theory, Seth Rollins, and Cody Rhodes. Now. I mean, I'll let you go first. Give me your opinion on that whole thing. It was awkward. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Okay. <laughs> it was awkward. But I will say it was it was awkward, but it was still interesting. And what I mean by that is I think that that whole promo, what it told me 
and I don't know if anyone thought this, but what it told me is that maybe Seth is not 100% as everyone believes he is, or at least what they're trying to show that he is. I know they said that he's going to be cleared in a few days during that promo, but I think he's cleared to take action, but he's not cleared to do a lot of it. Yeah. So if they're if if Cody is challenging Rock to what it's what it sounded like a one-on-one match. Mm-hmm. And if that's the main event of night one and not the tag team, then what that tells me is they're doing two things. One of two things. They're gonna make Cody the next Daniel Bryan. Uh, if you think about 10 years ago, because this is WrestleMania 40, what happened at WrestleMania 30? Daniel Bryan. Daniel what? Bryan had the first defeat Triple H in the opener of WrestleMania 30. Yep. And then he ended the night by defeating Randy Orton and Batista to win them the title. The benefit of this is now you have two nights. So night one, I guess they'll do Cody versus The Rock where the winner faces Roman. And then night two, you get the winner versus Roman. Now, this is a good and a bad thing in a way. Because if they do that, if they do Cody versus Rock night one, Do you believe is, is how much do you think like what percentage would you put that Cody wins that match? Is it at a hundred or do you put anything less than a hundred? I don't know. I don't. That's, I, I'm that's still, what I don't, WWE wants. Yeah, right I don't there. really know if that's gonna be. I mean, you're right. I, I did. Now that I think about it, I guess it makes sense to have Cody wrestle The Rock because if Seth isn't 100%, I kind of thought they were going to do a tag team match to maybe like, oh, you don't really have to put Seth in there too much. You know, it's kind of taking, you know, some of the pressure off because he's the one that's hurt, right? And he still has to defend his title. Um, right. But not have just having him wrestle one match is is fine. That that's safe too. And I guess this also again just kind of keeps the pressure on Cody. Um, but I don't know. I could see it both ways. I could see maybe Cody losing to The Rock, and then it's like, oh, you know, he's, he's got to climb that mountain. He still has Roman to face. But then if he wins, like Daniel Bryan, it's like look at Cody Rhodes. He beat The Rock and he beat Roman Reigns and the same weekend so it could go either you way know, you know what's even crazier though about this thing i think the reason they took seth out because if you really think about it is seth although i get why seth is in the story he it really i get why they inputted in him he they inputted him into the story 
especially after the whole fiasco with Rock taking Cody's spot and all that, right? I get it. Yeah. Press conference, I get it. Yeah, it's the same when, you really, <laughs> when you really deep dive into it, and I gotta give credit to uh to to Bubba Bubba Ray because I kind of at first I disagreed with him, but now that I think about it, it makes sense. Seth doesn't really need to be in the story. <laughs> he doesn't really I, I, I feel like it was trying to to save face almost like I like what he's adding to the story but I kind of felt like they were it was kind of like a damage control thing because it it did kind of make his title look less important or let him look right yes it did especially the press because he was like all right why are you here bro yeah like once he didn't choose you like you should mind your business get the fuck out of there but I mean I like what they tried to do though they tried I know I love it yeah, I love it. We got to take down the bloodlines, this and that, because they're essentially cancer. Like they are, look what they've done. I like that part, but him being there initially, I felt like was just saving face. Yeah, no, I get that. But then, why are you, why are you still, you know, why are you still in the story? Like, all right, so I'm going to fast forward, I guess, a little bit because. Let's fast forward to Monday for a second, right? Mm-hmm. His his promo with with uh, Drew McIntyre. What was that promo about? He wanted Drew to help um, him and Cody against the Bloodline. Let's band together and take them out. And then why? Drew's, huh? <laughs> why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I get what yeah. he was doing, but it's not your fight. You need to focus on your title. What do they have to do with your title? The bloodline's not going after you. They don't care about you. And I think that would, and then I guess I explained why Drew said to let it go. And I, the thing about Drew is Drew McIntyre, the reason why he's hated is why sasha because he's telling the truth nobody wants to hear the truth he's it's him i feel like him and kevin owens are the smartest characters because kevin always always references stuff that people like try to ignore in wrestling but drew's talking straight facts he's saying like yo let that shit go because if you get if you put your nose in their business they're gonna put their nose in yours they're gonna interfere in our matches they're gonna taint my victory it's the same thing with when he after the after that promo later on in the night. What did Drew McIntyre say to Jay Uso? You no, that part I didn't see. I didn't see that. You didn't see that? Okay, no, I did not. Okay, so spoiler. <laughs> I mean, just go ahead and tell me now. Like, yeah, no, I know. I'm gonna tell you now. That's what I'm saying. Spoiler alert for those that did it, including Sasha. So later tonight, Jay Uso has a promo in the back. He's getting interviewed. I be uh, I forgot her name, but anyway. Uh, and Drew inter- interrupts and basically says, uh, "Now you know, like that feeling of being screwed mm-hmm. by the bloodline, and mm-hmm. that you deserve it." <laughs> so Jay, I mean, he's, I mean, already been screwed 
by Jimmy though. Like that was the first time. So yeah, but this time it was for a title. Yeah, I understand that part, but it was like that wasn't the first time. So. When you were about to win the title, like, well, no, I guess that time was for the title too. But Drew yeah, didn't care I about mean, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought about it. Yeah, that was, but this time it was for the title where Drew's a heel, and it was recent. So yeah. that's why. So it, it made sense. So now that's why next week we have Jay versus Drew and all that. But at the end of the day, what did Drew say? He said the truth. Yeah. You know, so I I like what I love what they're doing with Drew. But the Seth part, I I love his promos. Like the whole shield promo he did, let me be your shield and all that other shit fine i loved it great promos by seth probably his best promo work he's done in years but it doesn't really make sense and when you really think about it like to the overall story i, I like what he's doing but if you really really want to be like nitty pick like picky with it it don't make no damn sense but i think maybe they knew that and that's why they had true say what he said to try to get Seth's head back in the game like okay you're trying to be this noble person but I'm coming for you so you need to let that shit go and focus on me because I'm in front of you because you know you, you, you put your nose in their business they're gonna come after you you should be worried about me and not them yeah I still think like you said I liked his promo about the shield I think that if they continue what it looks like they're trying to lead Seth away a little bit from this fight with Cody. I'm okay with the promo that he had, just leaving it stand. Like, if you need me, I will be there for you. Like, if that, if that's fine. Like, I get that, leave that offer on the table, but then come back and focus on your stuff that you got going on. I'm fine with that. But like it doesn't need to be like stuff. a, huh? Well, I was gonna say, like, basically you're saying, like, it steers him away so Cody can really fight the story by yeah, himself. Yeah, like, it, I, that's what I said. I feel like that's what I had Drew say what he wants to say. The offer's still there if you need me. Like, if you're going to go against The Rock, you know, on night one, whatever, like, I'm there. If you go against Roman and the Bloodline, I'll help you. But, like, now, you, now he has an opponent for WrestleMania. And now it's like, let's put our eyes over here. So... I feel like they're doing, they had a lot of, a lot of tough things thrown at them. You know, Punk getting hurt, Seth getting hurt, The Rock coming in. I think they're trying to steer the ship the best they can. And I think they're doing a better job now than in recent memory, trying to make things a little bit more clear. Like they've had a lot of have you know a lot of stop and starts like let's turn this around but i think they're doing better at really trying to smooth it out before wrestlemania so i'll give them that this like you said in the grand scheme of things maybe this Seth thing didn't really make that much sense but they're working to smooth it out so i'll give them credit for that yeah it's i the only thing i would say i guess is it's hard to give credit when it was an issue that you called. So that, that's just the way I feel. But I don't know if it would have been... Do you but think it would have been an issue if the, you know... 
I don't know. Like if this this whole I don't know what came first, the match or the rock being on you know the board. Like, I don't know how that happened. I don't, I don't know the or I I think what I mean though the it's weird because I don't know what would have happened if Punk never got hurt. I think that's really what fucked everything up. Because I mean not for Drew, but <laughs> Well no, I mean yeah, not for Drew, but not for Drew. <laughs> the problem is, all right. If let's let's just, I know I'm kind of staring away, but I just I'm just thinking out loud. But you know, let's just say Rock, when he signed his deal to become a board member, did put himself and Roman right. Mm-hmm. And then let's just say Punk never gets hurt. Obviously, that means it's Punk and and Seth. Mm-hmm. So then, what the fuck happens to Cody? <laughs> you know what I mean. I don't that's know. the problem. That, that's the thing that I don't. I don't know what the answer is. Does Cody well, win the Rumble or does Punk win the Rumble? But obviously, Punk. It didn't. Matt Punk was never gonna win the Rumble because he got hurt during it. And it's not unless they change. The I feel match. like it was always going to be Cody. I know I picked. I didn't pick Cody, but. But then that's my point. So if you're going to already do Punk and Co- I mean Punk and Seth, because that was the, if if Punk never got hurt, Punk and Seth was locked, right? Am I wrong? Basically, it, he was. That was basically. No, I mean, it, that, that's where it was going. Like you, you had from the moment Punk came back, Seth was visibly upset. Oh, like that's where it was going. So who the fuck Cody faces? Ilya Dragunov? Which I mean, don't get me wrong, I love it, but that's not what you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, let's be glad we don't live in a world. I mean, I'm I'm very upset that Punk was hurt because I really wanted to see him in WrestleMania, but. I think this this scenario makes a lot more sense than anything, and I think that personally, I know I'm again no disrespect to Seth Rollins. I think Drew's gonna take it. I think this is the time. I'm very excited about when CM Punk comes back after Drew McIntyre because you can't be talking that much shit and not be excited to what Punk is gonna do. So. And by the way, this works out much better. Huh? There is rumor that he just signed a new he signed his contract, which I don't know how true. Give but, Drew the money, y'all. Stop playing around. Get that man what he want, because he's Yeah, I, it, apparently he signed the contract, but I don't know, like, and then I, there's a lot of rumor. I think he's been signed, but there's just a lot of rumors going on, but apparently he uh, he, he did sign it recently. That's pretty crazy if he hasn't but, signed yet, and he's still putting in that kind of work. That's but I think he canon. signed a long time ago, and it's just you know how fucking Meltzer is. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I think he's still putting in great work. So yeah, he's, he's right like now paying that man good money. So I'd, I'd be inclined to think maybe you can argue he's the uh, right now lead front runner for a superstar of the year right now. Just yeah, he's good in work most definitely. He's, he's, he's definitely in the top two for a superstar of the year currently. So yeah. My, just being in mm-hmm. All right, so we had a lot of talk about elimination chamber. So elimination chamber is over. That's it, done. I know we have NXT Roadblock um, next week, and then we have Stand and Deliver. But the next 
big thing on the horizon. It's the big one, guys. It's WrestleMania. We are, we've we've oh. done all this. We have our championships matches locked in. You ain't talking about AEW Revolution? Oh, shit. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, Bye-bye. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you want to jump in there with that, but I don't have anything to say about it. So. No, 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 no. I, I'm I'll just making I'll a joke. listen. I was so. just making a joke. Just making a joke. <laughs> but yeah, um, we're here, guys. Like, we're 30, as we're recording this, 39 days away from WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia. Um, that's it. Huh? I said, damn, that's it. I know, right? Okay. Um, so we want to do something different because I know people are like, this is the time where people are really like fantasy booking. This is the time where everybody is really, really trying to get their stuff together. Um, but Fino and I got to talking uh, a couple days ago, like a week ago. In our last episode, our last couple episodes, I feel like we've really been just putting our heads together and really just, you know, workshopping ideas and how we would do certain things. And some of those ideas have come true in a very weird way. <laughs> but I don't know if somebody from WWE is listening to our show, but um, so the idea came up with like, let's workshop and specifically for the females because like I mentioned earlier the men's elimination chamber match created at least three Wrestlemania matches right off the bat the women a lot of action but not so much movement story wise maybe a little bit the next night with Liv Morgan but as of right now Bianca Belair doesn't have a match Naomi doesn't have a match Raquel Rodriguez doesn't have a match and neither does Tiffany Stratton so that is four competitors out of six in the women's elimination chamber who currently don't have a match at Wrestlemania like I said Liv she's she's somewhere in there so I guess we could count her two as five but I really think we need to address the women and where they're going for Wrestlemania because this this is a big year for them you know the Raw Women's Division was doing pretty well Smackdown was kind of following behind a little damage control was pretty much the whole Smackdown Women's Division you know not to disrespect not to disrespect the others but everything kind of centered around damage control and now that damage control is you know broken apart you know, you have Bailey going after them, so I think it's just me and Fino just decided that we were going to pick one female from Raw each, one female from SmackDown each, and kind of book them, you know, on their road to WrestleMania. So, I like to write, so I was very excited about this. I've had my thing done for a couple of days. <laughs> uh, I guess we could start to talk about, like, you know who we picked and why and then we can start sharing some of our ideas Fino has not seen any of my ideas and I have not seen any of his so we're gonna be just as surprised as you guys are when we start sharing so you know if you want to start just tell everybody who you picked and why and then I'll tell everybody who I picked uh, so for Monday Night Raw I chose Liv Morgan and why I chose Liv Morgan is because I think 
after i think she is in the next tier of like you got your top stars you got like the the beckys the rias the biancas i think Liv is like on the next tier down where mm-hmm. she she can become one of them but she's not there yet so i, I that's why i chose Liv morgan uh from monday night raw and then uh from smackdown i chose the very underrated uh dakota kai and the reason why is because dakota kai not only is she's one of my favorites she's been one of my favorites since nxt uh but i've i'm a big fan of damage control and i think that she can play a very pivotal part and not only damage control but for the future so okay and for me i chose nia Jax from raw um like i said talked about since nia has been back she got back in september this is arguably her best run she has um been in there with you know becky lynch she's been in there with Raquel Rodriguez, she's been in there with Rhea Ripley. Like, she's been all around. She was dominating in the Women's Royal Rumble. She's been an integral part of the women, the Raw, the women's division on Raw. And I think with all the work she's put in, I definitely think that she is one that kind of like what you said with Liv. You know, I know a lot of people, she's very polarizing, but I really think that the way they're utilizing her now is the way she should have been utilized all along. And I think that as long as she's playing her role and doing what she's supposed to do, she's a very valuable part of the women's division. And for that, I think that she does need, or she does deserve a, a marquee match for WrestleMania. And then for SmackDown, I chose Tiffany Stratton. Um, like Fino said earlier, like she's she's a she's a star. Like she she's only been wrestling for three years, three, and she's performing at a very high level. You know that was obvious when she was you know in NXT and she you know took on Becky Lynch and she's had a very good beginning in her main on um, her main roster career. But I think this WrestleMania is important for her. She needs a big feud and a big marquee match to really kind of set her up to build her as that star. You know, it's it's one thing to come in with hype, but if you don't do anything with it, she'll just fade into the background. Because the women's division, you know, they have some heavy hitters. So she really needs something straight out the gate to get her going. We know she can wrestle. We know she can be in those big situations, but she needs feud with a legitimate, you know, opponent that the fans can really get behind to get her moving. So that's why I picked Tiffany Stratton. Fun fact, real quick, mm-hmm. as, as you mentioned, Tiffany Stratton, uh, she was helped training by a certain uh, Mister Canada. I did see that. Shout out to Ken Kennedy. Look at him doing the Lord's work. (laughs) He does, by the way, he has a great, uh, he he has like on Fridays, he has his uh, training school, wrestling school. They do matches and then he critiques the matches and gives them pointers and stuff. 
it's a good uh, watch for those who who are on TikTok wrestling fans. Just check it out. It's pretty cool. Okay. All right. So, you know, do you want to go first? You can tell us about either Liv or Dakota. I guess we could do uh, our Raw people first, and then we can do our SmackDown people. Oh, oh you want me to go first? I, yeah. Okay. Um. All right. So I said Liv Morgan. Right. Mm-hmm. She's representing Monday Night Raw. Uh. So. Okay, so the plan for Liv Morgan. Let, let's look at let's look at what her storyline has been since she's returned. She made her return. That's the number thirty pick in the Royal Rumble. Her whole thing has been kind of like a revenge tour, I believe is the word she uses. Yes, um, because she got injured due to Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley took her out, and it's been, I want to say, four months we has lived and gone. Yeah, it's like four to six months. I know they keep saying a year, but it hasn't been that long. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, it was, yeah, it was something like that. So, with Liv, you know, this whole revenge thing, and then, you know, she lost at Elimination Chamber. She almost won because she was the final two. Uh, she had the big pinfall over Bianca Belair. Uh, so, in her mind, you can say that she has, she was right there and was kind of like taken away from her in a way. Um, she pins Bianca and then immediately gets manhandle slam. Becky Lynch, one, two, three. Becky's going to WrestleMania against the one woman that Rhea, the one woman in Rhea Ripley that Liv has wants to get this whole revenge thing on. If you go into Monday night, this past Monday, you saw Liv Morgan versus Nia Jax. Mm-hmm. Nia Jax was was basically kind of destroying Liv before Becky came out and attacked Nia Jax in revenge of what Nia had did to Becky earlier. After the match, as Becky's being interviewed backstage, Liv kind of, I think, interrupts her or... After Becky finishes, I can't remember the exact details, but Liv was mad at Becky for, inter- you know, interrupting her thing, uh, interrupting the match and basically whatever. So let's start from there. You got Liv Morgan, who is striving to get revenge on those who wronged her, yet she keeps getting stopped and getting that revenge. Yeah. What do I go from there? So what I personally would do is that you have Liv Morgan consistently keep trying to get revenge on Rhea in some capacity. However, every time she tries to, I want something to stop her. So let's just say Rhea Ripley is having a match, you know, or something. Liv comes out to try to attack her, but 
Oh no, you know what? No, 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 no. This is what I do. I'm sorry. I I, I had this. I wrote it wrong. Okay, so let's just say they do, uh, Rhea Ripley versus Liv Morgan, leading up to WrestleMania. Let's just say it's like in two weeks, okay? Because let's say they're gonna run it back with Liv and 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 Nia, Nia and Nia and Liv. They have their rematch and. Uh, Becky Lynch interferes again trying to get back at Nia. So now Liv is even more angry because it's like, yo, I'm trying to get my revenge on Nia for fucking me up. But now, Becky, you keep coming into my match. I understand you want to get this girl for your revenge, but what about my revenge? You know, I'm trying to get mine. So it's just this growing frustration, right? Nia and Becky have their match because we got to have that 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 uh that finishing match between them you know Becky hasn't beaten Nia which is why Nia is mad that Becky's getting the title shot because you ain't beat me so how you gonna get a title shot over me right that heel persona even though you already had your title shot and lost mm-hmm. you know but Nia's still mad at Becky. So they have their, their match, right? But Rhea Ripley interferes and, and beats them both, right? Just beats them both up. So now Becky is mad. You still got Liv mad. So you got Liv. The following, you're going to set up Liv versus Rhea Ripley because Liv wants that match against Rhea. She wants, she's angry. She wants to fight uh, Rhea Ripley and beat her to get her revenge but then becky comes out during the match once again stealing that moment from Liv, because becky wants to attack Rhea to set up even more you know more of a feud thing against to set up their match at mania right so Liv is just continuously frustrated i can't get my revenge everyone keeps fucking with my shit and this is going to lead to Liv morgan absolutely exploding see one thing about Liv Morgan we haven't gotten Liv Morgan a crazy heel Liv Morgan since when I mean I wouldn't she was a supposedly a heel with the riot squad and they tried to do something crazy but it was just essentially just her just jumping off of things it just didn't work though right yeah because it it was like why like (laughs) I get it you're trying to show that you're crazy but like so ever since we got Liv Morgan in WWE, besides Friday Squad, she's been a face. What if the the revenge turns her into the heel? She is like, a, you know, I'm a, I'm a Marvel fan. And I, this may not be a, a, a direct comparison or this might not be a perfect one. So please forgive me, Marvel fans out there. But think about the Punisher. If Sasha, do you know the Punisher? Do you know about the Punisher? I am aware. So the Punisher, just for those that are not fully aware, I'll just give a little brief thing. Punisher's family was killed by, you know, mobsters and stuff like that, pretty much. And he wanted to get revenge on pretty much those that killed his family right but in the meantime 
the the world considered him a vigilante, a bad guy because he's killing all these people. So even though he's doing a good thing, it's still evil because he's killing. He, he doesn't care. He has no regard for life. He's just killing everybody. That's what I want Liv to be on. To the point where I want Liv to absolutely destroy Becky. Now, I got a quick question for you, Sasha. Are we setting up a WrestleMania match or can I go a little bit beyond? I mean, you can. I stopped at Mania. You stopped at Mania. So, this is the thing. I don't have Liv and a Mania match. Hmm. The reason why is because I want that to be the few. I want that to be her fuel. Her motivation, yeah. And motivation added on to the fact that she still didn't get her revenge at WrestleMania. Because I want to turn Liv Morgan into the next big heel for the women's division on Monday Night Raw. And I think that heel run would get her to that next level that she hasn't been to. Because you have to think that right now, besides Nia Jax, right? Who's the next big heel on Monday Night Raw? I know technically Rhea Ripley is a heel. I mean, not really. I, even I mean, I know, I in feel, the beginning, yeah, but like she's. Yeah. I know that's that's my point. She, yeah, I get what you're saying. She's, she's technically a heel, but she's really heel. not. Yeah, she's in a heel faction, but she's not. Right. Right. Yeah. So the real heel is who? Nia Jax. Yeah. Basically. They don't really have another one that is that person. Mm-hmm. So what if you may live Morgan that crazy person? That heel persona who I believe she can do it. She has I, I've seen that range and that deranged kind of thing. Like she's done, she's kind of like had it out there and shown little bits and pieces of it. When she was a face, you can see it. But they I, mean, I, I, I kind of think of like Alexa Bliss, who we dearly miss. Shout out to the Alexa Bliss because Alexa Bliss kind of played that character in a way. But I think Liv could bring it to a different way, especially now. This is the only thing I wasn't sure of. Does she still date Bull Dallas? I don't know. Okay, I wasn't sure because I know at one point they were together. I think. I think it was Bo Dallas she was with. I might be mixing women up. It was one of them. They were she was with somebody. Um, I think it was. But anyway, I just feel like making Liv the perfect heel and having her actually miss WrestleMania and having her actually miss her opportunities to get this revenge on on Rhea Ripley. Not only will it set up Liv as the next heel and the top heel of Monday Night Raw, it gives Rhea Ripley a new challenge as the face because she's obviously that that tweener. That gives her another feud because she's already faced everybody. That is true. And that is how I would set up Liv Morgan. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I think I do like the idea of not having her on Mania because that would really just, just character wise, that would piss me off because it's like I came back for that. 
She came back in the Rumble. She was in the chamber. It just didn't work out. So, and you're, and I thought like her revenge tour, like it's, it's like a cute thing to say, but if you have everything lined up like that, like, nah, that really does equate to you got some, you got some magic coming after. So that would make a lot more sense for her to keep getting knocked down. My only thing is, we've seen that deranged crazy woman storyline over and over and alexa bliss did it great yes. like we talked about in our former podcast the only thing about that is that sometimes they went a little overboard if they're gonna do i'm they're not gonna obviously do you know the same thing with it it's not gonna be like the fire high the firefly funhouse it's not gonna be like that oh but no if they're no, gonna no, go yeah no, no i'm not saying that you said that what i'm saying is like if you're gonna go down that path and have her completely lose her shit you have to do it in a way i feel like is more focused because she actually has a motivation she has all this pent-up anger if you're going to go that way you really have to keep it focused you have to make it seem like you almost have to make it seem like she's smarter than everybody because it's easy to say like oh she's deranged she's angry she's emotional about this you have to kick it into another gear you have to give her because look at it this way too she's giving up a lot physically to Rhea Ripley as well so yep. you, I feel like you have to give her something else to make this more believable because you can be mad about something but you're also going after a woman that I'm going I'm going to assume off of what you said that Rhea would win at Wrestlemania right yeah, Against so Becky? I would I would have real beat Becky mm-hmm. and I would actually have Becky be the one that helps Bill live up. So I would actually do kind of like a triangle. So it's actually all three of them in the feud. Becky's the one that cost me for me to get the revenge. And then Rhea's the one that actually is the person I want to get revenge on. So it's those three that it's you got three different dynamics all battling because you got to have Becky and Rhea continue the feud, like it's not ending at me, you know what I mean, right? But you also want to put Liv in that spotlight, so now you got three women just battling out. And then the way what's even cooler that I would even think is that you even kind of do like Liv kind of trying to she tries to steal Dom or she tries to infiltrate Judgment Day. Right, that's that's yeah, that's that extra thing. That's what I'm saying. It's like, so I know physically people, and maybe they do it more with Alexa Bliss, but like, I know the easy comparison sometimes with like a Liv Morgan and a um, Alexa Bliss for comic fans is Harley Quinn. But you also have to think about like Harley Quinn was a very educated woman. Like she was a doctor, like everything. So again what makes her dangerous the fact that you know besides the fact that she's deranged and all that stuff it's like she's very intelligent it's like you said that would even play into if she was going to manipulate like a dom if she was going to manipulate her way like that's something i feel like she needs besides just being a crazy chick who's going to jump off of shit like she has to have yeah yeah but i'm cool with that i like that idea yeah that's that's my plan for live so you want to go to your role person? We'll just flip flop. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm gonna try to make this short. 
Okay, so my person was Nia Jax. Um, I wrote it out like every Raw until WrestleMania, so I'm gonna try to sum it up. All right, so keep in mind that I wrote this before uh, Raw, which was on the 26th. So I, st- I have Raw, you know, that day already written. So, and obviously that didn't happen, but this is how I kind of wanted it to happen. So I have that Adam Pierce does a backstage. Um, announcement that you know after he's done some negotiation with nick aldis that he's proud to announce that raw has successfully acquired jade cargill and jade will be at raw next week which is in san antonio to sign her official contract so then later i have nia Jax doing a backstage promo saying that you know she's basically been back for five months she's been dominant she kind of just runs through what she's done, you know, defeating Becky Lynch, her performance in the Rumble, you know, taking Rhea Ripley to her limit at the PLE. And then she says she's come back, you know, better and better, and she'll be damned if she's done all this and she doesn't have a match at WrestleMania. So she basically vows that she'll have her WrestleMania moment by any means necessary. So then the following week, um, Adam Pierce is in the ring. He introduces Jade Cargill. Jade comes out. Before she can even speak, Nia comes to the ring. Uh, Nia cuts a promo saying that she wants to be the first to welcome Jade. You know, even though she reminds everybody that's not the first time that they've met. You know, they were in the Rumble where Jade got lucky and managed to eliminate Nia. You know, after Nia had already put in work, you know, taking out nearly a third of the women by herself, she stated that Jade was trying to add her name to a list of women who tried to build their career off of Nia. Nia then turns to Pierce and says that Cargill doesn't deserve all the hype that she's been getting because Jax has been the one putting in the work over the last few months talks about her domination of the women's division but and the fact that she's not on Wrestlemania um Jade interrupts and states that she doesn't uh, appreciate Nia interrupting her moment that she's well aware of what Jax has been doing and that it was hardly luck when Cargill eliminated her all by herself you know she sees everything Nia has been doing but Jade is here now and Jax can go on and go on about not having her moment but Jade is the moment Jade signs her contract and brushes past Jax to get out of the ring. So then the next week after that, shout out Ross actually going to be in Houston. Yay, I miss home. Um, so when Raw comes to Houston, Nia Jax is in a handicap match against two local wrestlers. She defeats them in a squash match. And then after that, she cuts a promo stating that Jade should be familiar with matches like this because that's all she knows how to do. Nia is aware that Jade has been preparing for her WWE run and Jax would be more than happy to personally show Jade how things are run on Raw. She says that Jade's been heavily protected for her entire career and now that she's here in WWE, no one can protect Jade from Nia Jax. (laughs) Are you laughing? I mean, mean, I'm listening. I like it. <laughs> All right. So then next week, because Jade's not there, next week they say that they're going to have a sit down interview with Jade. So the following week, they're in Raleigh. Yeah, she better be there. She, yeah. I, hey, I'm I'll be there. Research. They're, they're in Houston. <laughs> and then the following week, they're in Raleigh. All right. So then um, 
they have an exclusive sit down interview with Jay Cargill, and it's going to be Byron Saxton because I feel like Byron needs to be on the show. Like, put Byron out there. All right, so I'm going to sum this up. Uh, let's see. Byron thanks Jade for taking time to sit with him. He asked her why she came to WWE and why she signed with the Raw brand. Jay basically says that she has huge goals that she wants to achieve, such as being a champion, headlining WrestleMania, and being a Hall of Famer. She wants to put more eyes on the products. She wants she came to WWE to work with the best female workers in the world. So then naturally her first stop was going to be on Raw. Byron asked Jade to comment on Nia Jax, um, who did make some comments about Jade's career the previous week. Jade says she has plenty of experience dealing with people like Nia, people who have who always have something to say about Jade and her career. But Jade said if she fed into all the talk, then she wouldn't become who she was at that moment. Jade also said that she wanted to address Nia, um, saying that Jade was just trying to make a name off of her. Jade says she doesn't need anyone to make she doesn't need to make her name off anyone. That she was somebody before coming to WWE, and she countered that perhaps Jax was just bitter because the people that she claimed that got famous from being tied to her were really just people who managed to surpass Nia in every way. For all the claims of being so dominant, that she feels Jay, uh, Nia is just upset that she's not on the level of a Becky Lynch or a Rhea Ripley. Nia just doesn't have what it takes to get to the next level, and it really looks like that Nia is just trying to make her name off of Jade. So that same night, Maxine Dupree is talking to Ivy Nile about Jade's interview. Nia Jax hears them. She confronts them. She says she won't hesitate to remind everybody just who Nia Jax is and what she's all about. That there would be no man without Nia and mommy barely got past her. She reminds Ivy Nile that she was one of Jax's victims in the Rumble. And since she's feeling particularly generous, she wants to give one of them a shot at being famous by getting in the ring with Nia. So Jax challenges Maxine to a match that night. Nia Jax defeats Maxine Dupree via ref stoppage. So that means Nia mops the floor with Maxine and <laughs> she can't even continue. Um, Ivy tries to come down to help Maxine. She gets washed too. And then Nia turns to the camera to address Jade. She tells Jade that the shoe's in the big time now. And just like Niall and Dupree, no one is going to be able to protect precious Jade Cargill. Nia says that Jade claims that she was somebody before. But Nia says that Jade Cargill is nobody until she gets past Nia Jax. So then the following week, this is the go-home edition. Jade's going to be there. She comes out. She gets right to it. She calls Nia out since she just can't seem to keep Jade's mouth out of her uh, name out of her mouth. Jade said that she saw what Jax did to uh, Maxine and Ivy. And if Nia is so hard up for a fight that she needs to run up on someone like Jade. Nia comes out, walks down the aisle, but she doesn't get in the ring. Nia smiles and says she seems to have struck a nerve with Jade. And maybe if she had the fire this firing when she first tried off for WWE, then maybe they would have signed her. Nia says that while Jade claims that she was somebody before WWE, Nia recalls that Jade was really just someone who was learning to wrestle on TV while Nia was winning titles at WrestleMania and being an overall menace in the women's division. 
Jade says Naya is right. She did a lot of on-the-job training, but during that time, she was she managed to be undefeated and she was a champion while Naya was sitting at home unemployed. Jade says that much, of, much like a good friend of hers, Jade didn't come to WWE to make friends. She came to make money. And Jade couldn't think of a more money match than her first singles match being at WrestleMania and beating the so-called irresistible force Nia Jax. Jade says that if Nia wants her WrestleMania moment so badly, then she needs to shut her ass up and step up to the plate. Before Jax can answer, Ivy Nile runs down and tries to attack Nia from behind. Nia is initially surprised, but quickly takes care of Nia. Jade takes the opportunity to confront Nia and a brawl ensues. Officials try to break up the fight and even resort to more help being called to break up the two of them. So the final shot is Nia being escorted out while mouthing off to Jade, who is standing in the ring, pointing to the WrestleMania sign and saying that she'll see uh, Nia at Mania. And then I have these two on night two with Jade beating Nia Jax. So that is my story. I like it. You thought that out really well. Thank you. I like the whole dynamic. So I really like Nia versus Jade. I think that is something that I feel like that's the best move for both women. Especially you want to try to put Nia. I'm sorry. You want to put Jade in a in a position that can make her a star faster mm-hmm. and her facing a woman like Naya, especially if she's able to show that strength like she displayed in the rumble. I mean, how could you not want that? Yeah. You know what I mean, I, I, that's going to put her on that level. Uh, and I mean, you, you want, you want to get Jade to, looking like a million bucks as fast as possible that's true that that i feel like that's just the the smart move especially because we know what the match is that we all want we want jade we want bianca and the only way you can get that like this is a dispute i have with one of my friends who he he's not a he's a huge jade fan like he only got back into wrestling because he saw Jade and that's why he, so he's a big Jade fan but I was trying to explain to him is that Jade's not on that level yet like yes yeah, she's looked at as a potential future star she's gonna she looks like a million bucks and all that but there's levels to this man yeah you know I, mean? I agree there's not you can't just put her there just because she looks like a million bucks doesn't mean she is a million bucks. The man Becky Lynch, that's she looks and is a million dollars. You know what I mean? Bianca, same thing. Uh, Rhea now, same thing. Sasha, the, Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet, whatever you want to call her, Charlotte, they on that level. The only way to get her there is you got to start her off with a, a few that makes sense. Yeah, because then you run the risk of burning her out if you put her on top exactly. too. Because then where's she gonna go? And you gotta, you gotta just put her in. I, the way I think about it, if I would compare Jade to, uh, well, God, I forgot his name, but he, 
2002, he came up with Paul Heyman. I forgot his name. It deleted from oh, my memory. Gosh. <laughs> but it reminds me of that person. She is the female version of Brock Lesnar, people. We got to treat her that way. I'm not expecting her to win the title in six months like he did and beat The Rock at SummerSlam. I'm, I'm not saying that. But you need to treat her as on that type of arc is all I'm saying. Yes. That, that's all I'm saying. So great job by you, Sasha. Great job. Thank you. All right. So now we're going to move on to our SmackDown. I really wanted to hear what you were going to do with Dakota Kai. Like, I really want to hear this one. Because so, out of out of all the people in damage control, it's like I'm really trying to get into her. So I really want to see what you're gonna do. Cause I'm I feel like I kind of get everybody else, it's just her. I'm not really we, we, not we there all cry. You know, like, we're not, not, I'm sorry. Uh, look, Dakota Kai is one of my favorites. Uh she's been one of my favorites for a very long time. There's something about Dakota. It might just be not Dakota Kai the wrestler. It's probably just more the person. She's a huge gamer. You know, she she has a Twitch channel. I follow her. I watch her on Twitch and stuff. And so it, it's her personality I love. Um, I love the fact she loves wrestling and everything. Like, she's like the perfect woman for me. Uh, but <laughs> uh, other than that, though, uh, the reason why I chose Dakota Kai is because it, it's like I said, you know, Damage Control, and we've mentioned this earlier, Damage Control has been the focus of SmackDown the women's division you know mm-hmm. besides bianca you know we can't disrespect bianca but for the most part it's been damage control right and when you think about it dakota's been injured since back in may so it's been almost a year now she she was she's been around at least the last few months you know but for the most part she's been gone and it left time for for Bailey and EO to shine. EO became champion. Bailey won the Royal Rumble. Uh, they added the Kabuki Warriors. So you got all these other elements. Dakota's like that left out person. So how yeah. do I bring Dakota Kai back to the maybe not to the forefront, but at least to a equal level, right? So I started thinking. I was like, all right, Dakota Kai, Dakota Kai. How do I do this? And then I started thinking about her history. So let's 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 go back in time for a second, okay? Dakota Kai in her NXT days. One thing that you can say is she don't like other people having their moment. No, not really. So let's go back to the first ever women's war games match. What happened during that war games match? She attacked her friend Tegan Knox. He attacked Tegan Knox in Tegan Knox's biggest moment of her career. Boy, howdy! Because the War Games match was the biggest match of their all of their careers. This was Team Rhea Ripley, with it was Ripley, uh, Dakota Kai, uh, Tegan Knox, and oh, and Candice LeRae. Mm-hmm. Versus EO, Bianca, um, Shayna Baszler, and uh, Kaylee Ray. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who's and now Alba Fire, yes. Who's now Alba Fire, correct. 
And now they did win the match, though, which is crazy. I, I don't remember how they won that match when it was two on two, but two on four. But anyway, uh, first war games match, she attacks her best friend, and not not just her friend, her best friend. I just want everyone to know that in her biggest moment. Okay. Let's go back. Let's fast forward a little bit. She is teaming up with her new best friend who just became the women's the NXT women's champion in Raquel Gonzalez at the time, right? What does she do as Raquel was celebrating on the next night after she won? She gets kicked in the face by Dakota Kai and Dakota Kai turns on Raquel Gonzalez. It's no wonder she keeps making friends. Right. She keeps making friends. She keeps turning on her best friends in their biggest moments. She's like KO. Mm -mm -mm. She's the female version of KO. Thank you for saying that. Because that is the direction I am taking Dakota Kai. How do I make Dakota Kai on the equal level of EO and, and Bailey and the Kabuki Warriors? She needs to do something epic to get her on that level. So what is let's fast forward to the, the current day. Current day, we have what? We have Bailey and we versus EO and the Kabuki Warriors. You have the Kabuki Warriors who just and EO who just attacked Dakota Kai, apparently, right? Because that's we didn't see the attack, did we? I don't remember seeing the attack. I just re remember seeing Bailey. You know, helping her to the training room. I also know that Dakota Kai is having her first match since May of last year. This Friday on SmackDown. In a tag team match, I believe it's against the Kabuki Warriors. Am I correct? Do you remember or do you know? I think I saw that somewhere. Let me double check. I know, they're, I know they're facing one, two of them. I'm assuming it's the Kabuki Warriors if they're facing the tag team. So I'm like, okay, well, I see Bailey and Dakota Kai winning that match. They're going to win that match because it's her first match back. You got to play the story. So we're going to continue. It's going to, we're going to continue this thing. We got what? 39 days. You said, I believe. So we got 39 days. You got Bailey and Dakota Kai working together. Boom, boom. We're going to fight back damage code. We're going to keep taking them each week. We're going to do something. They're going to beat us up. We're going to beat them up. We're going to have, you know, nice back and forth. Maybe we'll have Dakota Kai versus EO. We'll have Dakota Kai maybe against Asuka or Bailey versus Asuka. All these back and forth. WrestleMania comes. WrestleMania, we're going to have Dakota Kai in Bailey's corner. Obviously, the Kabuki Warriors against. Uh, I mean, in the corner of Eos, Eos Sky. The thing about Dakota Kai is, I know what you're probably thinking. Oh, Dakota Kai is just going to cost Bailey the shot at the title and join damage control. Uh-uh. She's actually going to attack them both. Mm -mm. Eos Sky is going to win the match. And to keep her title. But Dakota Kai is going to destroy them both in their biggest match. 
of their careers because that's what Dakota Kai does. Dakota Kai is tired of being in the sidelines. You know, she was always in damage control. She was really the third person. With Bailey, now she's second. Dakota Kai wants to be the number one person. She wants to do her own thing. So she's going to take out everybody that's in her way. Eel's going to sneakily win the title anyway. I mean, win and retain after she attacks Bailey and Eo. Eo's probably just going to, you know, uh, she's going to get the kick that Eo. I forgot what Dakota Kai's finisher is called. I forgot. But it's the one where she runs and, and does the boot to the, the corner. Kinda uh, like, uh, it's kind of <laughs> like um, it's kind of like Sammy's finisher. Oh, like the Huluva kick? I know you're talking about yeah. the name of it. Oh, I forgot okay. her name for it. And then she does the, the knee thing, which is pretty cool. It's a nice looking finisher. I love that. Um, but she attacks them both and she leaves as being that. It wouldn't even surprise me though. I know we got Bailey versus EO. One, this is another like kind of like side thing that I had just in case, but it even wouldn't surprise me that leading up to Bailey versus EO at Mania, that she attacks Bailey beforehand and she attacks EO, and this somehow somehow turns into a triple threat, hmm. and we have the damage control triple threat match. That I feel like that would be great as well. Um, but I'm not going to go that route. I think they're going to stick with the the one-on-one. Uh, but I do want to say it, it is kind of funny. If you go into the advertising for WrestleMania, you see, you know how they have the pictures where they're facing each other, where all the competitors in each match, they're facing each other, and they have that, that green screenshot with them facing each other like they're about to fight? Yeah. Guess who doesn't have that? Hmm. Well, Bailey and EO do not have that yet. The reason why I wonder is because don't be shocked if this turns into a triple threat. Now, I know it'd be a cheap way. I know people would be like, that's messed up and all that. But storyline wise, oh, yeah, they're going to be upset. Storyline wise, it would make sense that Dakota Kai is the third person and they make this a triple threat. And we get not a dream match, but you know, it, it's not the shield triple threat dream match we want to make. But hey, we're getting a triple threat with damage control, who's been dominant for the longest. Just throwing that out there. Hmm. But I, I, I think Dakota Kai, she's gonna be from now to Mania. I think Dakota Kai is gonna be on a level where. I don't think she joins damage control again, but I don't think she's going to be on Bailey's side. I think she's going to kind of go like the lone wolf style. And that's, that's my, that's what I would do for Dakota Kai. She's not in a match, but she's in, she's going to be very involved though. In that match, she's the key component of that match between EO and Bailey. So, that's what that's my setup for Dakota Kai. What's that? 
I think that's definitely interesting. I like how you used her past, and I think that's definitely something that they can show. Um, you know, you know, they how they're huge. Their productions changed and everything, so they'll definitely have a lot of um, footage to show, kind of supporting what you said. Um, it definitely does make you care. I don't mean I know you said like the triple threat is kind of like your side thing. I mean, I I understand why you kind of like I mean that's not your main idea because that would upset a lot of people, and I do think that Bailey does deserve that moment. You know, there was like a little uproar where they I think they posted like a WrestleMania graphic and Bailey was not on it, but Bianca Belair was. Um, yeah, which I by the way, I wouldn't say that's stupid. Not on WWE's part. I think it's stupid on everyone else's part. Because as much as we love Bailey, and I, I saw something that kind of represents this. People had the nerve. I've read this thing that someone said. Uh, it was a comment, I think. I don't know if it was on John Canton shit or it was just on a regular wrestling thing. But someone had the nerve to say that Becky Lynch was like the fourth best horseman, horsewoman. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? As in, all four of them are great. But if we're going to be honest, if we, we're going to rank all four. Bailey would be number four, even though she's the only one that's a Grand Slam champion. So with that, wouldn't you argue that if she's but she also has she has yeah if she has any shot of moving up the ranks in any way like it just like it's harder for her compared to everybody else like she won the royal rumble yes Sasha Banks didn't even do that no disrespect but she didn't even do that it seemed like she has to fight harder for something that she earned right Bailey has been the the carrier I would say that Charlotte got the, the 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 star power immediately because of her, you know, just she was the most talented, I guess you can say. Um, well, yeah, she had the she most, was the most ready made. made, like she had yeah. right away, like she was very ready. Was probably the most talented person wrestling wise. Yeah, overall, I think overall Sasha's the best, right? The superstar was already made, like we said, with Charlotte. Becky was the the one that had to work the hardest to get to the level and Bailey is that everyday person where you can always count on Bailey to do her part and that's where I always felt like she you always she's you never you don't appreciate Bailey enough she's always underappreciated I think, yeah, I mean, I can see that because if you if you start from the beginning, I think who was number one was always between, like you said, Charlotte and Sasha. And at yeah. one time, you could probably argue that Becky was number four. No, I think Bailey, Becky, yeah. that's why I said, I think Becky had to work the hardest. Yeah. Becky was always number four. And then she became, in my eyes, Becky is now number one. She's the GOAT. 
Yeah, um, whereas Bailey, like she had, she was a hugger. Everybody loved her, but then they didn't love her anymore, and so she had to. It was kind of like they they switched because Bailey was loved, and then yeah. she had to start over. Whereas Becky had to scratch and claw to get there. So right, I mean, they're kind of it's interchangeable, I guess. Like they both had almost the same road. It's just now that Bailey's on the other side. Yeah. That side that Becky started on. So, you know. Yeah. But no, I mean I, I like that. I think um because like I said, Dakota Kai has her part in this, but she was probably the one I was least emotionally invested in. So I, I like that you made a call back to that. Cause like I said, after WrestleMania, you know, where do we go from here? I don't think that EO feud continues like long long term with bailey so having dakota up to the plate and they have history you know so i like that that's good thank you all right so i'm now interested in what you got to say about my girl it's tiffy time you better you better do tiffy time right i'm gonna try i'm gonna gonna try let's go try okay so what was great about this is since they have SmackDown on Fridays, they haven't had SmackDown yet. So hey, this could happen. Who knows? All right. So, uh, Glendale, Arizona. So we have in the ring Nick Aldis opens the show and welcomes everyone to SmackDown. Bianca interrupts. She apologizes, but she's been thinking nonstop since Perth and wants to know if there's a chance that she can be involved in WrestleMania. I want to pause here. If you watch the Elimination Chamber. Do you remember how Bianca Belair reacted after she got eliminated and after Becky Lynch won? She looked distraught. Yeah, she was very upset. So I just wanted to put that in there. Because when I I saw how she reacted, I was like, yes, this plays into what I want. All right. So going back to what I was saying. So she asked if there's a chance that she can be involved in WrestleMania. Nick Aldis apologizes to her and says that since Bailey and Becky won the rumble and the elimination chamber matches respectively then bianca will not be challenging for a single title at wrestlemania he does commend belair for all her efforts and explains that sometimes there's just ebbs and flows in the wrestling business so even though she's not challenging for a title an opportunity may present itself for her to be on the show bianca's not satisfied with this answer and reiterates that there is no wrestlemania without the est same night backstage tiffany stratton goes into nick's office she talks about her show stealing performance at elimination chamber and proclaims that no one is interested in hearing about Liv morgan's crybaby tour or bianca's list of recent failures all she's concerned about is hearing plans to bring tiffy time to wrestlemania nick who's trying to not look so annoyed with stratton says he is indeed he was indeed impressed with stratton and that he may have an idea brewing for her at WrestleMania. So next week, they're in Dallas. Tiffany cuts a promo backstage. uh, Kathy Kelly asks Tiffany if um, Nick Aldis has told her anything about WrestleMania. Stratton rudely responds that Kathy should be asking Aldis that question, but since he's a smart businessman and knows that he needs to have SmackDown look good at WrestleMania, and looking good starts with having Stratton on the show. Kathy also asked Tiffany to comment on remarks she made regarding Bianca the previous week. Bianca comes out of nowhere and says she heard what Stratton said and wanted to give her an opportunity to say whatever she needed to say to Bianca to her face. 
Stratton laughs and says, it must be a lot of pressure being the EST and feeling like she has to be perfect all the time. Unlike Stratton, uh, Belair has to work hard to be perfect. Tiffany says she simply can't imagine how Belair feels and lists Bianca's failures as of late, such as EO catching, cashing, in on, uh, cashing in on her at SummerSlam, getting taken out by damage control, not winning the Rumble in the Elimination Chamber, and being in danger of not being on the WrestleMania card despite being undefeated the past three years. Tiffany says to end her, I guess, promo on uh, Bianca, that from the looks of things, Belair hasn't been the EST of anything for quite a while, and then she leaves. So Bianca's left kind of looking pensive, and then that segment ends. Next week, they're in Memphis. Keep in mind that Bianca is from Tennessee. In the ring, Bianca comes out and she wants to talk directly to the WWE Universe in her home state. She admits that she was impacted by what Stratton said to her and that she admitted that oftentimes behind her smile and her accolades, she still struggles with doubt. She says that not being in a marquee match at WrestleMania has weighed heavily on her mind and feeling like she let everyone, she let everybody down because of it. She struggles with not always being the best and is her own toughest critic. With Stratton throwing her failures in her face in front of the whole world, she was embarrassed to admit that she had become that she had begun to question if she was really who she says she was, the EST. Uh, Bianca says she hasn't felt that way since she decided to quit track and struggled to figure out where to go next. With her recent reality show, she admits that she feels like she is in a crossroads of her career. Could it be a sign that she needs to step back and see what's beyond sports? Maybe perhaps it's time to consider expanding her family. Tiffany uh, enters the ring and mockingly tells Belair that the uh, WWE Universe isn't interested in witnessing her midlife crisis play out in front of everyone. If Belair wants to talk to someone, she needs to see a shrink or something. Stratton says she begrudgingly came to Tennessee to get an answer from Nick Aldis about WrestleMania. Bianca says that she knew Stratton would be waiting for an answer, and Belair did in fact talk to someone earlier in the day about what she was feeling. That person was very understanding and encouraging of her. That person also supported her when she decided to be vulnerable with the WWE Universe. That person was Nick Aldis, who also informed her that he had a spot for her at WrestleMania if she wanted it, one-on-one -on -one against Tiffany Stratton. Tiffany tries to look uh, smug to mask being slightly taken aback as the segment ends. So then they announce next week on SmackDown, Tiffany Stratton is going to take on Alba Fire. So the following week, they're in Milwaukee. In the ring, Alba's already there with Isla Dawn. Tiffany comes out. She defeats Alba Fire. After that, Tiffany cuts a promo. She takes the mic and says she didn't come to SmackDown to play games. She came to be a legend. She came to be a star and was going to let anyone get in her way. Now that she had her match at WrestleMania, she plans to show the entire world that it was time for mommies, queens, the men, and ESTs to step aside because it was Tiffy time. And the next week, Wade Barrett sits down with Tiffany Stratton and Bianca Belair for a joint interview. Let me pause right here. Do you remember before WrestleMania 17, The Rock and Stone Cold had a sit down interview in the locker room with JR? The, the best promo, best interview segment of all time. 
All right, keep that in your head because that's what I watched to get this. All right, so backstage in the locker room area. This is the next week. This is March 29th. They're in Mohican Sun. Wade Barrett sits down with Tiffany Stratton and Bianca Belair for a joint interview. He thanks them for coming, blah, blah, blah. Wade asks Belair where she stands as far as her future and what does her upcoming match against Stratton mean to her. Bianca says she admits that while she feels ready for the match, that she is still unsure about her future. Stratton interrupts and says if Belair is so, conf- so conflicted, that she should just get out of the way and let someone like Tiffany or even someone in her own home have the spotlight. Belair retorts that she doesn't like what Stratton is insinuating and for her safety, she should refrain from bringing up her marriage ever again. Stratton smirks and tells Wade that he should have started by asking Stratton the question since she is the only one sure of where she wants to be. Wade then asks Stratton what the match means to her and she comments that the match at Rania gives her a chance to show that she is destined to be an icon, especially considering how far she's come after only being in the business for three years, less than half the time of Belair's career. Wade starts to ask Belair another question when Stratton interrupts. Stratton says that Belair isn't conflicted. She's scared and insecure. Belair sees someone like Stratton coming up and feels threatened. Belair had a good run, but she's going to fade away just as quickly as she came up. She sees what someone like Stratton has to offer and knows that she can't possibly compete. Bianca just stares intensely at a smug Stratton and turns to Wade to inquire about the question he was going to ask. So then Wade cautiously asks Belair, Since this is her first non-title match at WrestleMania, has her mindset about how she approaches the match changed? Bianca says her mindset stays the same, and in fact, this might be the most important of her WrestleMania matches on a personal level. So then Wade asks, do the ladies have any closing remarks? Bianca says that she knows Tiffany wants the last word, so she'll go first. She says that she needs to beat Stratton, and that there might be some truth in what Stratton has been saying about Bianca, but Belair is walking into night one to not only defend her undefeated streak, but her legacy. Bianca needs to win this match, maybe more than she ever realized, to remind the world and herself that Bianca is and always will be who she says she is, the EST. Stratton says that Belair is right to approach the match that way, and that Bianca would be stupider than Stratton thought if she didn't bring her very best. But even the EST's very best won't be enough. Belair can claim that she's the fastest, the strongest, the toughest, the best, but she is Tiffany Stratton, the center of the universe. And as far as Bianca's legacy, after Stratton beats her, Belair's legacy will be reduced to nothing more than being the answer to the trivia question, who was the woman that wrestling icon Tiffany Stratton beat in her very first WrestleMania match? Bianca stands up abruptly and gets nose to nose with Stratton, and the two maintain the stance until the scene fades out. The only part that I couldn't quite nail down is I have them down for WrestleMania. I just can't figure out who to win. But that's who I had. That's what I had. So what do you think? Uh, we answered this. We answered this, I believe, last week. Or, I know. I know. Or last week, I mean, it's Bianca wins the match, and the reason why Bianca wins the match is because you have to set up the feud, the dream feud. Yeah. That's that's why you have it. Uh, it's okay for Tiffany to lose her first. She shouldn't win her first. She shouldn't win her first WrestleMania match against Bianca. 
like that's something you build later her first win is actually the first win that jay should have gotten but unfortunately due to injury we didn't get it um and that should be against charlotte yeah i just couldn't commit i guess couldn't put on paper yet (laughs) if we're gonna i if we're gonna book a a a future wrestling you can write it down right now wednesday february 28th I'm booking WrestleMania 41. Tiffany Stratton defeats Charlotte. <laughs> okay. All right. So, what did you think? Other than that, great. I liked it. I mean, it's exactly what you you should want. I like the match. It should be Tiffany versus Bianca. I think that their their interactions leading up to Elimination Chamber. Uh definitely displayed that you kind of see how they kind of kept them separate in a way too even though they interacted with each other but they kept them separate physically um i like the fact that you have tiffany uh attacking her personally because you know you only got six weeks so although you have that little the previous stuff like i just mentioned you got to make it mean more and you got to make bianca want because Bianca's used to getting going after the, the big matches, like you said, the big title matches and stuff like that. So what would be what would make Bianca care about having a not big match, even though and I'm putting quotes around that because this is a big match anyway. Yeah. Um, what would make her care? Well, okay, you're gonna attack my man, you're gonna attack my my family, my my kids, my you know, stepkids, whatever. You you're gonna attack everything i love okay well now i'm gonna kick your ass bitch you know what i mean like it's just, it's just, that's just what it is and i like that and you kind of you're gonna kind of see like the old school bianca the nxt that badass like the the mini bianca come out too in a way like I, I, all right i'm gonna i'm actually use my my whip with this one like you, you're gonna get the whip at wrestlemania like like you're gonna get that like that's the bianca and i think what you thought with that whole you know comparison to the stone cold rock interview sit down i like that whole dynamic as well so yeah great idea thank you Whew. that was that took a lot of thinking and all the other stuff but that was fun like i like doing that you step into my world you know that's what <laughs> I, I do that on a daily like i be dropping knowledge on on facebook bro. like people think i'll be joking but I'm, I'm being serious i be dropping knowledge i do i do a lot of thinking i, I try to i i kind of cut back on it lately because especially with wrestlemania like if you put your ideas out there too much you, you want to be kind of surprised by what happens you don't want to i don't want to like kind of predict too much of what happens because then you get yourself hyped up and if it doesn't happen you don't want that to ruin your wrestlemania experience so i try to cut back on it but for the overall i do like to do this like i, I you know that you you've you've dealt with me for what three years now like you, yeah you know. no but it's fun like i see how like if you really just sit down and think about it and you just try to tie up all the loosers. I think I was more intimidated at first by it, but then I was like, oh, I can I wish I really I, think it. Think about yeah, it. like I wish I went as in depth as you. I kinda I I just went over it, you know. I did an overview of it, but 
if I went down in depth like you did, I think that I could understand where you saying like the fear of it because like you really gotta sit down and like think step by step by step by step. Uh, I like the fact that you did do that because that brought you out of your comfort zone. And yeah. I, I like that. Uh, for me, like I'm used to doing that, so it's you know, I did, I felt like I could talk all day if I did that. I so, was worried it would go a little long because I was like, man, I really wrote it out. It was like 11 pages. And I was like, oh, man, you know. Well, I mean, apparently people liked it. You sent me, you said you got how many on, on X or Twitter? Yeah, I just got out? some views. I just posted like a snippet of the first page, not the whole thing. Because we have we still have to talk about it. So I'll probably just put like, I'll take screenshots of the, what I wrote and just post it and see what happens. But we got a lot of, you know views from it, like over 200 and something so not bad hey there you go there you go so obviously people like it people at least like the you know your beginning part and maybe you could you should post more of that because i mean obviously people enjoy it even if you do miniature versions you know that that's something you know it mean, got me thinking i want to and even like you know, it's just something to do for fun, but like I really would enjoy like writing for the women because I just felt like I wouldn't, I can't say, I mean, I know we like bounce ideas off each other on the show, but in some crazy world, they ever paid me to write about wrestling. I would want to write about the women because I just feel like you need more women to write for women. And I would feel weird writing about a guy because I'm not a dude. Like, I can't tell two guys you know hey this is how you should feel about each other or this is how i don't know how the male mind works right. outside of just feeling like i would just put something like stereotypically macho or something like i just can't get into that but i can tell you as a woman how we feel about that and in writing this i thought about bianca like the little bits and pieces that i've heard you know i haven't seen a reality show yet but i know we're the same age you know and she's, she wants to be a mother. She's done so much in her career already. And you're kind of sitting down and you're like, okay, where do I go next? Because for the first time, you're kind of on the outside looking in. So, you know, that's where that came from. As a woman trying to decide, like, okay, do I step back and maybe try now? Because once you get to a certain age, they start calling them geriatric pregnancies. And it's a little, you know, it's a little harder. So... I don't know. That's just where I thought as a woman. So, no, and I, I would say too, just uh, you know, one last thing about that is just that I feel like for the women, you don't really get too, you don't really see too many personal stuff for the women as much as you do the men. Like when it comes to storyline wise, like you get, I feel like they get more personal with the men stuff, but never really with the women. I guess I don't know if why they do that, but like it's it's good that you brought that out because, like I said, I rarely see that in the women's division and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. So the the line about you know sharing the spotlight in your house because you know we're used to seeing if a woman attacks another woman, they try to entice the man. But I didn't want that this time. Like Tiffany does not want Bianca's man, but she's gonna take that dig. Yeah, she's gonna destroy. She's she's attacking him. If anything, like, and, and I like that. So, nah, uh, that's good. That's good. 
All right. Um, I do want to say one quick thing uh, before we head out of here. Uh, mm-hmm. So, some breaking news they come out earlier today. I forgot to mention it. Um, WWE apparently just signed Tamatanga. Uh, not sure if you're familiar with who that is, but he was an OG member of Bullet Club. Yes. Uh, the Gor- uh, Gorillas of Destiny, the tag team, legendary tag team over in Japan. Um, and apparently he just signed with WWE today or over the last couple of days, whatever. Um, I'm not sure where he's starting now. Just for everyone to know, he is not Samoan, so he's not a Bloodline member or anything like that. Um, in fact, apparently, and I'm not too familiar with this, but I've been I've read what a lot of people have commented. Apparently, him and Roman have like legit beef or something. I don't know Uh-oh. why. Um, I guess maybe Twitter or something back in the day. I guess some little shit. Um, so. But yeah, I just want everyone that is some breaking news on that. Um, so that's a, I, I think it's a really good signing because he's a tag team specialist. He also had a good singles run over there. Uh, I think he could bring some, he could bring some of that veteran leadership uh, or veteran ring stuff into the ring, uh, into the into the WWE. I mean, uh, and it's just a different name, you know. I think he could do some good things. Uh, so, and I'm trying to think. There was something else I just forgot. Oh, and then I mentioned it earlier as a joke. Uh, but yeah, uh, of all the big shows coming up, there's one this Sunday, AW Revolution. Uh, it's also Sting's last match. I'll be there in attendance. So that's you know something to look forward to. I'm not really excited about the card. I think overall it's a disappointing card, but I think that the wrestling and ring work is going to make up for it. I mean, they're having a match, I believe. What what is this called? Uh, the meaty meat meat madness match or something? Oh, I heard um, about that. I hope Biggie's getting royalties for this. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Which is funny because Biggie just said like he would love WWE to have like a tournament or something with just the big men. The meaty men, and of course, uh, of course, AW takes the meaty madness. I forgot the official name for it, it's some stupid ass name, but uh, it, it makes no sense. But at the end of the day, yes, I'm disappointed with the card, but I know that those guys are gonna have put on great matches, and that just seems to be the case with AW great matches, terrible card, or terrible stories. So, uh, it's okay, I'm gonna hopefully enjoy myself. Uh, I think the card starts at 7, so I probably won't get out to like 4 a.m. Because, you know, they have hour matches for every match. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, it's going to be uh, going to be a good show. Going to be see, good to see Sting's last match. I was, a, I was a young Sting fan, especially when he was in the Wolfpack. I, my favorite action figure toy was a Sting Wolfpack version of Sting. So, yeah. Um, I still am mad at my mother for throwing away my wrestlers uh, when I was younger. She threw it away. I went to went to school, came back, couldn't find my wrestlers, and she had apparently thrown them away. So why'd she throw them away? Yeah, I, were they I on the floor them. somewhere? Did no, they were in my closet. I didn't play with them oh. in like I guess on a month or two or something. So she thought was, I didn't want them anymore. 
thrown oh. away. So yeah, I still don't forgive her for that. But yeah, threw away my my Wolfpack Sting, which, like I said, to this day is still my favorite toy, uh, a wrestler or act or figure, whatever you want to call it. I, I I had so many great matches with that toy. Like you don't understand. He was my champion and everything. It was it's, it's crazy. But anyway, uh, it's gonna be cool to see Sting's last match. I guess I'll see Rick, I'll be able to see Ric Flair and maybe some other big names in attendance. Uh, I get to boo Tony Khan live. That's gonna be awesome as well. So yeah, you know, it's gonna be a pretty cool, pretty cool experience. And then uh, in a couple weeks, I'll be at Monday Night Raw. Uh, the Rock announced that he's going to be at the next three SmackDowns, which are all apparently sold out because they keep mentioning that. Yeah. And uh, I'm hoping because after that third SmackDown is three days later is the Raw I'm attending. And I'm like, if there's any wrestling gods, please. <laughs> like, I, there's only one thing on my bucket list in, in wrestling. It's not to it's not to wrestle in the ring, not to be in the WrestleMania, not to even attend WrestleMania. It's none of that. My only thing in life is I want to see The Rock. Damn, yeah. Uh... And this is like the only chance I have, unless like I go to WrestleMania or something. Because I only got what, maybe a year, maybe let's just say a year before his career is probably over. Man, you might have to... I don't know, man. You might have to make that trip do something. I've seen so, him. I've never seen him. Never seen him in my life. I've only seen him once. Yeah, yeah it was once. at Mania, right? Yeah. yeah. And I didn't even I didn't even know he was going to be there. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, like, oh I, I, God, I hope I you just, see it. I, I really am, want that for you. I, I swear, like, that's the only thing I want in life. Like, I just let me see The Rock. That's all I want. But we'll, you know, just got to hope and pray. Um, but other than that, I, that's all I got. I just wanted to say the Tomataga news. And then I just wanted to bring a revolution. Uh, you know, just shout out to the AEW. Which, you know, I also know they got a new logo. So, yeah. Anyway, other than that, <laughs> I'm done. I, I'm good. So, any last words from you, Sasha? Well, we have. I think it. I'm all talked out tonight. <laughs> cool, cool. So, everybody, thank you guys for listening. Remember, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're on YouTube. You can follow Sasha on on X, Twitter, whatever it's called now. Uh, she she's gonna be posting more of her her storylines and stuff. I'm apparently the people want it. You know what I mean. So uh, we, we definitely gotta you know do more of that. Uh, but other than that, guys, thank you guys for listening. This is episode 23 overall, but this is season two, uh, the Jordan year. You know what it is. So uh, happy leap year to everybody. Dude, I didn't even realize it was a leap year. So. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, but other than that, guys, enjoy Revolution. Enjoy the, the road to WrestleMania as is. Hate on CM Punk the rest of the way. And uh, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? So we out of here. Mm. Peace. <laughs> Adios. Yeet. No yeet. You broke the all-time record.
for the largest gathering of trailer park trash The Rock has ever seen. Now, if you didn't like that, you're gonna love this. Finally, finally, your life has meaning. Finally, you and your 50 wives will have a story to tell. And you know what I'm talking about. You'll have a story to tell your 600 inbred grandchildren one day. And that is what it's like to look at greatness in the flesh. Because finally, The Rock has